Hey, Graham. Well, howdy there. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, well, happy Thanksgiving to you. Hey, uh, I want you got a joke for you. All right. So, actually, you know what? My family told me to stop telling Thanksgiving jokes, but uh, yeah, I, I told them I couldn't quit cold turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You're you're uh, you're you're branching out into like I wasn't sure what if that was a real anecdote. But then, oh, it became, oh, yeah. and then there was a punchline at the end. Also, I you no know Vikings this week, unfortunately. I'm going to give that a ten. Is <laughs> 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 that your joke? But subtract five. 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 Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. But I've got a joke for you. Okay. It also relates to Thanksgiving. Oh. Okay. Uh, David, what is a turkey's? favorite dessert uh what peach gobbler (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna rank that myself that is a three there is no way it is higher than that but i had to tell it because it was so bad i I loved it at the same time later on our guest in this episode is going to talk about our rating scale and he's going to encourage us to not be neutral and i am therefore not going to be neutral and give you a two i'm going to give it a one I'm going to one up you with it. Give it a one. <laughs> this is a bad joke. This is the worst joke of the season. We made it. We did it. Pretty bad. You know what? We, we can go home now. Enough of the nonsense. Oh, wait. Let's get on with the nonsense. Welcome back to Withy Windle, a whimsical interactive show for kids who love stories, words, and groan-worthy jokes featuring your favorite authors and illustrators. It's part book club, it's part game show, it's an adventure through the wild world of wordplay, and I didn't say Withy Windical. <laughs> and I'm Cram Pittman. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm David Kern. <laughs> and you and you actually, the, uh, you messed up the description of the show. It's featuring your favorite authors, illustrators, and sound engineers. Oh, right, because our very special guest here on this 6.8th episode of Withy Windle is our very own good friend and, and audio engineer, Logan Green, the one who makes this podcast actually enjoyable. Yes. Yep. We had a delightful conversation with Logan and uh, we're excited for you to hear that soon. Yeah, we had talked about all kinds of stuff. We talked about his process for editing the shows. We talked about snacks. We talked about Thanksgiving. We talked about his opinion of us. His opinion of us, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Root beer in San Antonio. It was just a typical Withy Windle episode. Okay, so Graham, we've got some stuff to talk about. Um, we got to share some information um, about what's happening over the next couple of weeks. You know, why don't, why don't you go ahead and do that and, and just get that out of the way because kids are going to be sad next week, I fear. Oh, I doubt it. They're going to be having a lot of fun. They're going to be in a post-Thanksgiving days <laughs> and they won't even notice what's happening. But um, this is episode eight of the That's sixth right. season, which yeah. means there's one more after. We're, we're coming to the end of this season. Um, and usually we take some sort of break due to some sort of holiday, and uh, this is no exception. So uh, this season is no exception. We are going to, um, after this episode, we're going to be taking a week off. That's right. Uh, because it is Thanksgiving, and we want to uh, not have to think about the show during that time, so we're going to take a week off. And spend- well, you got to frame it positively. We want to spend as much time as possible with our friends and our family and give our attention to them. You don't need to say, we don't want to think about our audience. You're right. I didn't have to say it, but I did. I oh, said okay. it. Okay. And uh, uh, we're going to take a week off. Um, so we will be back with the Question Palooza episode 
in two weeks. That's right. And that episode will also feature a couple of listener-submitted stories that Can't they wait for have that. written. So we're going to do questions and also read a couple of your stories. So send in your questions. You can do that at withywindle.substack.com or by emailing us wheregram podcasts podcasts at goldberrybooks.com. Okay, great. Well, that that um that little bit of sad news, um, it's sad in the sense there's not an episode, but it's happy in the sense that there's not an episode because it's one of the great weeks on the calendar year. It's a food and family and friends and I can't think of anything in Thanksgiving that involves an F. Uh, French fries. I was going to say fried something, but like oh yeah, fried. <laughs> that's right. Lots of fried Snickers bars. So um, it's a positive thing, really. It just means that you're getting to spend time with friends and family. And this episode here, hopefully, will get you through um, any travel that you're doing, whether you're on an airplane or in an airport or sitting in a car on the way to your grandparents' house or to see your cousins. Um, hopefully, this is a nice long episode for you to to enjoy. And then, of course, there's lots of uh, you can go back and listen to some of the episodes that we've done this season. Great conversations. I, I absolutely love this week um thanksgiving week i think it it's like it keeps rising in the ranks of my holidays like i might be getting near the top really i really? just love like it's the, the it's the start of fall or at least it feels like the start of fall like it's starting to get actually cooler a lot of the leaves are down uh the house is always like smells Everybody like lives up north and where it's like two feet of snow already is just like mad, yeah i'm talking know? about this is my perspective yeah. here right and yeah. um the house always smells like spices or something's going on. And there's yeah. lots of great things to drink and eat. You and got family coming into town. Yeah, we got family coming in. Our house is going to be full of cousins. and uh, uh, Well, not my cousins, but my kids' cousins, which would be my nephews. That's how that and works. Your brothers will be. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's going to be so nice. Yeah. Um, same. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, in our family, we have a new baby in our family, which adds to all the holiday festivities this year. So yeah, you have a new niece. I do. A new niece. Yeah. It's wow. great. What are you most looking forward to eating or drinking this week? So you're going to think this is insane because I know you. Oh, this, I don't know what you're going to say. Okay. Hmm. So I love this sweet potato casserole. It's one of those things that you don't eat all the time. So I like it at Thanksgiving. I yeah, eat yeah. Marshmallows down here in the South, it's marshmallows and pecans and sweet potatoes and brown sugar and all that. Um, I have come to really, really love when you get that fork full of turkey mm-hmm. with... You know, it could be anything else on the plate, basically, but you have to then have that cranberry sauce on it. Okay. The turkey with the cranberry together is one of my favorite things. And again, those are foods you don't eat a lot of the year. No. Maybe Christmas or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but do you like cranberry sauce? Not really. I, I think it's, um, I think a lot of people in my family really love it. Okay. I think it's like Rowan's like favorite thing. He'll oh. eat it all if you're not careful. Um, Me and Rowan need to talk about that. Yeah. Well, we just eat some turkey and cranberry together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I just can't wait for the pies. I, I do. I do love the pies. Just a big plate of all each, yeah. a slice of each. I want to sit down, and like watch some football, and have like three different kinds of pie on a plate, and then like maybe later that night, like make some apple cider or something. <clears throat> this yeah. just sounds so good. It sounds delicious. It's coming not, up. It's coming up. And we're not. And we don't work yeah. well, that week, or, right. or for yeah. some of it, except it's, for the milking of the cows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, we're going to have snack time here in a second, speaking of food, and we're going to have crazy words, and we're going to have uh, our conversation coming up with, with Logan and a story and you know all the usual stuff. But first, we need to remind you about our sponsor for this episode. As we're talking about right now, most of us have so much on our plates before 
the holiday season even begins. And then December hits and we feel behind on, well, I mean, all the stuff, everything. But for homeschoolers, December should be the best month of the year. You have the flexibility and the freedom to try different things and kind of branch out. And you shouldn't have to add merrymaking on top of your already full homeschooling days. And that's what Christmas School by Read Aloud Revival is for. So what is Christmas School? This is an open and go whole family curriculum for December based on three of Tommy DePaola's beloved Christmas books. The Christmas School Guide will walk you through Read Aloud Revival's relaxed bookish book club model of learning to provide a rich and nourishing education for your kids uh, aged four through 18. And, and Graham, you want to hear the best news of this whole thing? Tell me it. They've done all the work for you. The mm. Read Aloud Revival team has done the prep. That's right. There's no, absolutely no prep work on your part. I mean, unless you want to go, you know, above and beyond. But if you don't, then all you got to do is open the guide and follow the plan. Christmas school has seasonal activities for the whole family, no matter your children's ages. These include literature and art and history and grammar and, and more. So whether you're looking to replace your regular curriculum with something seasonal or just supplement your existing plan to help your family focus on the reason for the season, there's something for everyone included in a Read Aloud Revival's 90-page Christmas school guide. I did just say that that was 90 pages. 90 pages. Christmas school officially runs every year during Advent. So for 2023, it will run from December 3rd through December 24th, and the guide will be available on November 17th, which means that it's available right now. You can pick up and choose from the guide as you'd like, but it does include daily lesson plans to take you through the three weeks of Advent leading up to the Christmas. So join for all three weeks or jump in anytime you want. Head on over to readaloudrevival.com to register, get access to Christmas school for only $39. And if you're new to Read Aloud Revival, you can register for Christmas School and the Read Aloud Revival Premium Quarterly for just $49. That's a all-time, limited-time, low rate that you can lock in uh, right now. So join thousands of families and replace your current curriculum with a month of Christmas School to make December a different kind of month in your homeschool year. A better one. A joyful one. Again, that's readaloudrevival.com. Thanks to them for sponsoring and for providing that amazing resource for families that are out there um, just trying to avoid being crazy, crazy busy or any more than is already necessary during this, uh, this wonderful, but yes, very busy season. So again, readaloudrevival.com. All right, Graham, you ready for snack time? Let's do it. Okay, so our snack time has evolved a little bit. It yes. used to be just like us bringing in random stuff and then we would try to like bring in more stuff than usual, and then sometimes like we'd surprise each other with different like stuff. People would send us stuff. Yeah, and then like, um, but lately we've been doing these rankings, and we got a, a lot of positive feedback. Like people really love the mm. root beer one. People Sweet. really love this gummy one. Um, they like they like us trying all this stuff. The gummy one was a little gross to listen to, though. So again, we are going to do a ranking episode. That's right, and I'm excited about this one. So, and if you have things you'd like us to rank, please let us know. Perfect. Let us know things for the next season, especially of, of snacks and foods you'd like us to rank. Um, one one I really want to do is a moon pie one. I told oh, you about the different that. flavors. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I know there's like banana ones and orange ones. I think there might be like a cherry one. Like that'd be really fun. But those are harder to find, so we haven't That's done true. that yet. It's true. We have to order those online from okay. Chattanooga. We have to yeah, yeah, Chattanooga.com. <laughs> they don't even. You can't even order them. You have to go to a gas station. <laughs> um, okay, so this episode we are going to be ranking something that is near and dear to both of us. Mm-hmm. Salt and vinegar potato chips. We both love potato chips, and salt and vinegar is very high on the list for me anyway. How is it? Where, where is it for you? Number Just, one. 
Of all chips? Yeah. I really liked uh I really like dill pickle yeah. too. Um, any of those, jalapeno, any of those kind of things are that are like they have t- at least two things going on, like salty and kind of tangy in a certain way. Um, yeah, I think they're just stronger chips. That right, I really yeah, yeah. like. So you know, my favorite chip of all time is no longer made. Oh, that's so sad. You can't get it. Oh, can I wait? Can, can I, I guess, guess it? We used to. Yep. Is it a kettle brand? Yep. Is it spicy Thai? Yep. The spicy Thai kettle chip. And when I every now and then I think about it and I just get sad. Can we have a moment of silence for this this spicy Thai kettle chip? Thank you. Uh, Logan, can you put in a sound effect here of a solitary chip falling down to the ground (laughs) and then being crushed uh, by a boot walking by? Specifically in New England. Nope. All right. So D- David is gathering the chips up. I think we have six different yep. brands of salt and vinegar chips. So as usual, our goal is to have mostly chips that you can have, you can find in your grocery store. Yeah. So we have, now this is not, there's, there's other ones out there. We understand that, but we just went with six. You can't, can't rank all of them. Uh, we do have one that's local to the area, and I'll tell you that one right now. Um, it's called Low Country Kettle. That's the brand of chips, and it's called the Holy City Red Wine Vinegar and Sea Salt. Fascinating. So is, the Holy City is Charleston, and that's where these are made. So we got that. I've never, ever seen that bag before. I'm excited yeah, for that one. You're not going to find that everywhere. Okay. Now we got Pringles, salt and vinegar. You know, I have seen that bag. Tube. I mean, tube. Yep. We have we have the Lay's salt and vinegar. So you know, just the standard blue. Now, I will. I have wondered why salt and vinegar is so often blue. By the way, do you have any thoughts on this? I would maybe something to do with like the sea, like sea yeah, salt. So. Yeah. Or maybe it was just like when they determined this should be a flavor that like they wanted to market. They are. They just wanted to make it a different color than the other stuff. The sea thing makes sense. It kind of goes with the fish and chips thing. Yeah. Because you put salt and vinegar on your on the fish and chips. Cape Cod. Cape Cod. Cape yep. Cod's a good one. Now we have the Utz Kettle Classics Salt and Malt Vinegar. Mm-hmm. Have you had these ones? I have had those. Okay. All right. And then last but not least, Kettle Brand. Again, Spicy Thai. Kettle, you have hurt my feelings. Bring bring the Spicy Thai back, Kettle. Specifically, and then sponsor this podcast. Um Sea salt and vinegar by Kettle Brand. Now, what would you like to start with? I'll give you the opportunity to start. And we'll rank these. Let's go with Utz. All right. So I'm going to tell you, I love this Utz kettle. You know what's cool about Utz is that they have two different kinds of salt and vinegar chips. And I I like that they they care. And I didn't buy both. Should I have? Yeah. Okay. I think we know that their basic salt and vinegar is just probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty good. But you got the salt and malt vinegar. Yeah. Uh, which it are has like a bottle of vinegar on it. Now these are really good. It's they're they're crisp. They're thicker. The regular Utz ones are not their kettle style, so they're not as thick cut. And I think a sea salt and vinegar needs to be pretty thick cut to be truly great. All right, let's try All this. Right, here one. we go. Okay, so they are called malt vinegar, mm-hmm. and that comes through right away. Mm-hmm. These have um, a slightly richer taste than than a, like kind of your basic ones. Yeah, they're a little thicker, as I said, um, nice and crunchy. 
it's got the vinegar, but it's not crazy. You know, it doesn't make you want you go brush up your nose. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These are perfect. It's a great chip. I don't, well, maybe that's not true. Maybe they're not perfect. They're very good. I, I, I think these are going to rank very high. Currently, it's our first chip, which means they yeah. are in first place. Yeah. Um, and man, Utz. They're doing something right. Did you know Utz is my son's favorite brand of chips? Rowan? Yeah, he just loves Utz. I just had to put that out there for everybody. Loves Utz. All right, let's do, let's mix it up and, and um, do the Lay's salt and vinegar. Okay. Now, you know, I had a, this is interesting because there's not, not every brand has their version. You know, Doritos doesn't have their version of salt and oh, vinegar. salt and vinegar Dorito? <laughs> um, um, I guess it's Cool Ranch or something. It'd be the closest. But not all the Sun Chips doesn't even have one. Right. So, you know, it, it's a little bit harder to, to find them. I just have a feeling like a salt and vinegar Dorito which just wouldn't work. So maybe they were smart not to Probably. do that. I also, I also didn't get just a general store brand because every store has their own their own brand. Now, these are real thin. These are very thin chips. Yeah, I feel like if you held them up to the light, um, you could still, like, read a book through it. <laughs> yeah. All right, you ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Not bad. It's just, it's not far enough away from their original flavor of, of just Lay's potato chip to be truly what I want out of a salt and vinegar chip. I, I want think, a little kick. I think they're playing it very safe. I taste they're more up. potato yeah. than anything. And I don't dislike these, but they're they're fine. It's like they're manufactured to make you want to eat a lot of them. Yeah. But never be totally like thrilled <laughs> about the experience. That's right. I think that's 100% true. Um, so that's our second. The only, th like, I think those chips are fine, but the thing that kind of drives me crazy when I'm eating them is I know what better salt and vinegar chips taste like, and I want those while I'm eating them. And you never want to be eating something and wishing like you were eating a different version of the thing. So do you want to go back to kettle chips now, or should we do the Pringles and see how they compare to the ones we just ate? Let's go to Pringle. Okay. So right now we have kettle chips. Oh, that's number one. And then Lay's number two, right? Of our of our two that we've yeah, done. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. So I got to pop the top. Once you pop, okay. The Do you like Pringles in general? Uh, they're okay. My kids love them. Uh, the the sour they're cream and onion are the ones that I really like, and all the rest I think are just bleh. I don't like what the pepperoni ones. Or anything. <laughs> uh, here we go. You ready? Mm. These just look like a regular. They smell like a regular um, Pringle. What? These are just salt and vinegar? Yeah. They taste like vegetable oil. That's the only <laughs> thing I taste. There's no vinegar in this. Barely. Barely. I didn't get any. I got to try one more. Now, I will say it does say on here, there's nothing half full about this can, and that is true. And the, you, know, you know how everyone complains about potato chip bags being half empty? Yeah. Because all that air. It is true. Now, I will say it wasn't exactly 100% full, but 75% is still better than that. Um... I don't know if I should say this. Yeah. Because I don't want to break any kids' hearts. Yeah. That might not know. Yeah. Pringles are not a potato chip, technically. They are not a piece of potato that's been sliced thin and fried. They are like a potato and vegetable oil mixture that's been mushed down and then formed into this uh, weird shape. And um, a crisp. 
Yeah. So the quality is never going to be as good. Yeah. Like, that, that's worse than the Lay's, right? This is at the bottom. Okay. All right. I agree. That is weird. I mean, it's it'd be at the bottom probably of any of the flavors, but especially this one. Like, I, did bar- I didn't taste anything. It says on there that they're bursting with flavor, and they're yeah, not they bursting not. with flavor. This man here, with his mustache on, should be ashamed of his... Yeah. Of his I do like that Pringles man. Like... <laughs> He looks like he should have a monocle, and the, uh, anyone with a monocle <laughs> should care about fish and chips, which means they should care about so- sea salt and vinegar. True. All right, let's go to what, let's go to Kettle Brand. Kettle Brand. All right. This is that nice deep. Was that royal blue? Navy. Yeah, there's like it's a two toned blue bag. I know this chip very very well. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna add it to my Thanksgiving table. I'm gonna sneak <laughs> it on the table. Kettle's uh, got that 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 noticeable logo. It's thicker. It's the kettle brand, so it's, you know. It's, it's pretty subtle. It's not like, it doesn't knock your fit, not, you know, knock your socks Here's off. Here's the thing. This is what I like about kettle brand chips. But it can also drive you crazy. They're made in small batches. Mm-hmm. So you can buy a bag one week, and they might taste like these ones that are like not... They're not like punching, you know, punching yeah. you with flavor. And then uh, a week later, you can buy a bag and it might be slightly stronger. Like they're, they're just made in different batches. So there's some variation. Um, I like these a ton. Where would you put these? Oh, I just got a really flavorful one. For me, these are the number one right now. Okay. So I got to try this and compare it. Yeah, uh, uh, kettle the textures on these are so good this is what you want out of a salt and vinegar chip that Uts flavor is strong i'm putting the Uts number one for me so far mm. kettle number two I, uh, i'll allow it well you have your own ranking you can have your own ranking for now that malt vinegar in the Uts is really good yeah oh I, that's why i like it really good yeah for me, uh, uh, kettle's still number one. I think it's a I better chip. I have to ask my children. My, so my kids love salt and vinegar chips. I have to buy bags and hide them if I want any because they'll eat the whole thing in a sitting. And yeah. it's like our family's go-to favorite. Yeah, well, you got three boys that can that eat, are fishermen, eat a bag. And they actually are like, they go out and work on the docks. So Yeah. yeah. Um, Let's do Cape Cod. Man, I'm liking the snack time. This is fun. <laughs> We gotta take a picture. We should start taking a picture of our rankings. We should, yeah. That would take, you know, effort. Uh, oh, here I gotta, get, I gotta give you some Cape Cods. All right. So Cape Cods, I find the chips to be smaller and the more jaggedy. They they don't cut them as quite as thick. And this, they're they're a lot more subtle. Um, on their own. I tend to like Cape Cods. Like I really enjoy them. Like if I'm at a sandwich shop or on the road or grocery store or, a nice, or a gas station, yep, I'll grab them and I'll like them and I'll enjoy them. Mm-hmm. But when you compare them to Kettle and you're eating them alongside Kettle and Uts, they don't stand up. They don't hold up. I agree. But, that, I put, but I like them better than the Lay's and the Pringles. I put them in the middle. All it's right. quality. There's quality there. So that means that our ranking with one chip left to go 
is Utz, Kettle, my ranking. Yeah, your ranking. Utz, Kettle, Cape Cod, with a gap there, honestly, for me. Hmm. Lays, and then somewhere off the table here is, is Pringles. Okay, yeah, mine's just the same with the first two switched. Okay, so your Kettle is number one, Utz yeah. is number two. So even, for me, that malt vinegar kicks Utz, Kettle Chip up. <clears throat> All right, here's our last one. Low Country Kettle. It's got this nice gold bag with the city of Charleston on it. Holy City, red wine, vinegar, and sea salt. Okay, here we go. Passing some over. I know. I'm, this is like. what I'm most excited about. I know I'm going to have an opinion on these that they're either going to be like very disappointing or they're going to be kind of knocking my socks off. So let's go. Here we go. What do you think? They remind me of Cape Cod, I think, the most. They remind me of Cape Cod, too. The thing that would put them above Cape Cod for me is they're bigger. Yeah. They're a little bit darker, like they've been cooked just a little bit longer. Yeah. They've got like that kind of like, some of them have a, what looks like a burnt edge kind of, they're not burnt, but, you know, darker brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little more... That red wine vinegar is the unique thing. And it's yeah. not super strong, but it is, tastes good. Yeah. Yeah, they're three a, for me. It's a little different. They're, they're at least three for me. Um, I'm going to try kettle one again. See, the thing about kettle is the seasoning on the chip. They're the kind that you, you got to lick your fingers afterwards, right? the salty and that adds some texture so yeah I'm, I'm gonna have them third um man it's a good snack time are you sure you don't want to try some more uts here and i've got some over here okay so your official ranking your final salt and vinegar chip ranking kettle one uts Malt vinegar, kettle, two. The one from Charleston, three. Cape Cod, Lay's, Brinkle. So here's the thing. I love these kettle, these Utz kettle salt and malt vinegar ones because I love that malt vinegar, the punchiness of it. But I will say, in our official ranking, we put kettle number one because I can... Because the texture, the thickness, the texture, the the seasoning on it makes the whole experience so so great. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll defer to you on that one. Uh, kettle brand number one. So kettle brand number one. It's a better chip. It doesn't. I feel like the Uts ones kind of fall apart a little bit more. There's but a, I I really like that flavor. It's that's a contender that I've only. I mean, what I only discovered that particular one in the past year, I would say yeah. the malt vinegar one. Yeah. And I will say they're a little cheaper. Um, um, and you probably get more. Yeah, that's true. Too. So the official withy Windle salt and vinegar ranking, you know, it's actually a little hard to talk after eating a bunch of You're parched salt and vinegar like chips. You've been out on a raft in the, in the ocean. That's right. That's right. Getting that salt spray. By the way, do you like fish and chips? Yeah. 
Yeah. When I was in England, we had some amazing fish and chips, as you'd expect. And there's this one place that had, they give you these big pieces. We got to go to the place across the street, by the way. There's a place across the street from my studio I, here, yeah. which is amazing. And big chunks and the big fries, and they just slather it in vinegar, and it's so good. So the official Withy Wendell ranking is Kettle Brand number one, Utz, Kettle Classic, Sea Salt, and Malt Vinegar number two, Low Country Kettle, Holy City Red Wine Vinegar, and Sea Salt number three, Cape Cod number four, Lay's number five, and Pringles is a thing. David, I have, to, I have to tell you something. Okay. I lied. What? My son does not like Utz. Oh, he hates My it. My son really d- despises Utz. But it drives me crazy because Utz is a good brand. So I thought I'd get back at him by doing something like that. Why does like he that. dislike Utz? He has, I, he, I don't know. Has he ever tried these? No. Does he, he like He, he probably or? wouldn't. Yeah. I'm just saying, I try to get back on him. So would he rather him. eat the Food Lion brand yes. than Utz? Yes. That's nonsense. He's got principle. Yeah. He's standing, he is an immovable object on this topic. I've tried, you know, kids, man, you try. Rowan, if you want more episodes of this podcast, eat the Uts, <laughs> you klutz. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break, and we're going to be back in just a second with Crazy Words. It is time for crazy words. All right, let's hear this one. Uh, you don't don't be so sad. I um, okay. You're right. I've been doing pretty well. You have. I've been doing pretty well. You have getting thrown crazy words and trying to figure out what they mean and where they came from. Okay, so this episode's crazy word is mellifluous. Malif Lewis. <laughs> Malif Lewis. Is that helpful Malif- if, I say, if I say it a lot of times? Does that help? Maleficence? Malif Lewis. Malif Lewis. Yes. Okay. Um, here's a word I haven't heard. Okay. Malif, Malif Lewis. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, Do you have any chance of uh, figuring out what this means? Cracking the code? Um, maybe. Probably not. I mean, there's always a chance. Is it M-A-L? M-E-L-L. Oh, no. F-L-U-O-U-S. Nope, no chance anymore. Okay, so... I was going to think if it was mall, right, that's like from the Latin, like bad, evil. Uh, Uh, I thought you were talking about the mall where you shop. No, not that. But also that... If it was malliculence, but it's mel... If Mel. Mel Well, go ahead. Let's start with the end. O. So U-O-U-S. Does that help you at all? U-O-U-S. Yeah. What kind of words typically have end in U-O-U-S? Oh, those uh, adjectives. Right. So this is a word that is an adjective. This is, it's going to describe something. Yeah, describe something. It's going to describe a person who's eaten too many salty things and is in desperate need of a drink. Uh, <laughs> um, it's not unrelated to how things taste. I'll tell you that. That's the hint I'll give you. Oh. You're not too far off as far as your... Wow, that was a shot in the dark. <laughs> it um, does relate, at least in its literal definition, to taste or scent. Okay. Is it describing the degree to which somebody tastes? Um, it is... Uh, no, not so much. It's more like there's a kind of taste. Oh, and I keep going back to mall, even though it's Mel. 
like 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 a bad like a like an odorous mm. uh like offensive smell is it something strong something it, smelling strong it is the idea of something smelling strong but then you have to decide which direction say it again mellifluous i could see it going either Ma- way lif lewis Lewis. It sounds kind of nice, actually. Um, but it's tricky to say. Uh, okay, I'm going to say it's uh, something tasting divine, sublime, delicious. Yep, yep you're on to it. So technically, um, it is the definition of mellifluous or mellifluous. You say it ma, M-U, even though it says Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. M-E. So mellifluous is something that is flowing with honey sweetened with or as if honey. Now, that's the literal definition, but it is most commonly used um, to describe a certain kind of thing, a certain kind of activity. What would you guess that is? Hmm. Drinking? Nope. You're, I mean, you're right in the sense that it's something, something tastes sweet or as if with, with honey, but what kind of thing might you describe someone as uh, dripping with honey or sweet what kind of thing am i doing right now that if i were good at it you might say it is dripping with honey is it is it a d- descriptor of a good orator yes that is right ah. so it is often uh, someone who is eloquent or persuasive so their speech is sweet do you have any th- guess where this comes from uh my last two were ireland this one is not going to be that <laughs> France. <laughs> well, <laughs> not really. The, that's not what I meant, though. I meant, I'm not going to say France. I'm oh, okay. Say, uh, Go farther back. Oh, farther back. Greek. It, I mean, Latin. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, molecules, according to dictionary, uh, the Webster's dictionary, comes from the late Latin word mellifluous, which means flowing with honey of a taste or a scent. Um, and that came a, be, to be adapted to describe someone who was eloquent or persuasive of speech. Now, hmm. this mel or uh, in some places, mil, M-I-L, sound shows up in a lot of different uh, words. There's something called Proto-Indo-European language mm-hmm. with the word melet, which means M-E-L-I-T. It means honey. And then in Greek, that appears as meli. Um, and then there's also a word in the Hittite that's all related to this same concept of honey. There's even something in Old Irish, in the Germanic languages, um, and then in Old English, there's several words. Are you ready for these? I have no idea how to pronounce them. Let's go. Mildiao, Mildia, M-I-L-D-E-A-W, with, you know, all the umlauts and all that. Melodia, which is honeydew or nectar, and... This is an interesting part here. This is where it comes from. In English, the M-I-L, the mill of mildew, which was thought to be distilled or condensed from air like dew. Oh. <laughs> so it entered the... When do you think this came into the English language? Oh, it happened to be a while ago. Um, I'm going to say... Hmm. 1200s. Close. It's the 14th century, so the 1300s. 1300s, yeah. okay. You're, you're pretty close. Now, one thing that's, that I didn't mention is that the fluus part mm-hmm. comes from the Latin fluo, which means flow. 
So you've oh. got honey and flow. So flowing like honey. Great. So another, you can compare, for example, superfluous, mm-hmm. uh, which is also has to do with the idea of flowing. So anyway, that was uh, mel- mellifluous. It's another word for your, for your dictionary. That was a stumper. Yeah, I like sorry. that one. Sorry. But, you know, maybe the conversation at your Thanksgiving dinner this week will be mellifluous. Identify who is the most and least mellifluous <laughs> at, at your th- table. At your table, yeah. Don't exactly. tell them out loud. Right, just keep it, keep it in your keep mind. Keep it in your mind, yeah. yeah. Something to all work towards, right? To be able to speak... Uh, like flowing honey with the, with the sweet with the dulcet tones of flowing honey to mix some metaphors there. Uh, all right, well that was crazy words, Graham. Well done. It's a difficult one. Thank you for uh, putting your best foot forward. <laughs> I do what I can. We'll, we'll be right back, and Graham's going to put his uh, storytelling best foot forward. All right. Story time. Story time. This week... Uh, can I just eat salt and vinegar chips while you tell the story? You can if you turn your mic off. Okay, all right. Yeah, <laughs> great point. All right, this week I, I, I brought a tale from... Um, it's from Scandinavia. Okay. And it, you made up for my Vikings, no Vikings joke this week. It was, uh, it was brought to us by Hans Christian Andersen. It is called The Flea and the Professor. Okay. This is a pretty funny one. I really enjoy this first paragraph, especially. <laughs> there, <laughs> Can't wait. There once was an aeronaut with whom things went badly. An aeronaut? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, think of, like... Speaking of a crazy word. Think of, like, they didn't necessarily have uh, the words for pilot back then, because not a lot of things were flying that people could steer. So, aeronaut is what they called the person who went up in a balloon. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. There once was an aeronaut with whom things went badly. The balloon burst, tumbled the man out, and he broke into bits. His boy he had two minutes before sent down with a parachute. That was the boy's luck. He was unhurt and went about with knowledge enough to make himself an aeronaut too. But he had no balloon and no means of acquiring one. Oh, man. All right, so let's stop here. Okay. Uh, the aeronaut uh, crashed his balloon, uh, and he broke into bits. His son miraculously survives with the help of a parachute, and then he decides he wants to become an aeronaut too after that. This is, this is a... Um... I would like to know what was going on with Hans Christian Andersen when he wrote this one. (laughs) So the son had no means of acquiring a balloon. So instead, he applied himself to the art of becoming a ventriloquist. Uh, Okay. (laughs) You could have left that blank and I never would have gotten to ventriloquist as my guess. Well, you'll you'll see why. Because he was young, good looking, and when he got a mustache and had his best clothes on... He could be taken for a nobleman's son. (laughs) (laughs) The ladies seemed to think well of him. One young lady was even so taken with his charms and his great dexterity that she went off with him to foreign parts. There he called himself Professor. He could (laughs) scarcely do less. Okay. His constant thought was how to get himself a balloon and go up in the air with his wife, but... As of yet, they had no means. 
All right. So his ventriloquism, he's not making enough money doing that. I he, mean, but he needs to get know, a balloon. It's got to stick with your dreams. They'll come yet, said he. If only they would, said she. We are young, said he. And now I am professor. She helped him faithfully, sat at the door and sold tickets to the exhibition. And it was a chilly sort of pleasure in wintertime. She also helped him in the line of his art. He put his wife in a table drawer, a large table drawer, and she crawled out into the back part of the drawer, and so was not in the front part of the drawer. He put her into a table drawer? Yeah, he's doing some kind of illusion. He's expanding. Right, got it. Okay. In his show. Okay. So, uh, not in the front part. Quite an optical illusion to the audience. Mm. But one evening, when he drew the drawer out, she was also out of sight to him. She was not in the front drawer, not in the back one either, nor in the house itself, nowhere to be seen or heard. That was her cunning, her entertainment. She never came back again. She was tired of it all. And he grew tired of it too, lost his good humor, could not yeah, laugh or make jokes. Would. <laughs> and so the people stopped coming. His earnings became scanty. His clothes gave out. And finally, he only owned a great flea, which his wife had left him. And so he thought highly of it. <laughs> and he dressed up the flea and taught it to perform, to present arms and to fire a cannon off. A tiny cannon, it says. A tiny oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yep. Logan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so this professor, all he wants to do is get his balloon. His yeah, ventriloquism yeah. and illusion act did not sure. go well. Uh, his wife seems to have escaped off somewhere and only left him a flea. Seems like maybe he shouldn't go by professor anymore. The professor was, plower, <laughs> was proud of the flea. And the flea was proud of himself. He had learned something and had human blood. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I, he had learned something and he had human blood. Yep. Yeah, okay. We'll just let that sit. I have no idea. And... Had been besides... If you did know, I'd be concerned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, you had the whole uh, information on it. And been besides to the largest cities and been seen by princes and princesses okay. had received their high praise and it was printed in the newspapers and on placards. Plainly, it was a very famous flea and could support a professor and his entire family. So the flea is feeling good about himself, as okay. he should be. Okay. Yeah, well. <laughs> the flea was proud and famous, and yet when he and the professor traveled, they took fourth-class carriages on the railway. They went just as quickly as the first class. At last, the professor and the flea had traveled all over countries except the wild ones. Oh. And so he wanted to go there. Huh. Okay. Well, he had a sense of adventure. Yeah. He knew it would be dangerous, but he still wanted to go. He thought they would travel and have good success. Yeah, he's with the flea. Yeah, yeah. So the flea wants to go west and has the sense of adventure. Yeah, yeah. He loves his fleetum. <laughs> fleetum! <laughs> wow. That's the... Wow, that is a good pun. <laughs> I, no, I don't know if it is. <laughs> no, that, that hit me hard. <clears throat> They traveled by steamship and by sailing vessel, the flea performing his tricks, and so they got free passage on the way and arrived at the wild country. 
Here reigned a little princess. She was only eight years old, but she was ruling. She had taken away the power from her father and mother. First, she had a will. Usurped the throne from her parents at eight? Yes. And then, also, she was extraordinarily beautiful and rude. (laughs) Oh, well, if you should have led with that, I would have understood. (laughs) Yeah, Hans. Uh, Just as soon as the flea had presented arms and fired off his cannon, she was so enraptured with it that she said, Him or nobody? (laughs) 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 Sweet little sensible child, said her own father. If one could only first make a man of him. Leave that to me, old man, said she. (laughs) (laughs) And that was not well said by a little princess when talking to her father, but she was wild. Mm. She set the flea on her white hand. Now you are a man, reigning with me. But you shall do what I want you to do, or else I'll kill you and I'll eat the professor. (laughs) 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 Uh, It's a wild country. Yeah, I know. Whatever country this is, is pretty wild. The professor had a great hall to live in. The walls were made out of sugar cane and he could lick them. But he did not have a sweet tooth. Oh, that is so sad. (laughs) He had a hammock to sleep in. It was as if he were lying in a balloon, such as he had always wished for himself. That was his constant thought. The flea lived with the princess, sat upon her delicate hand and upon her neck. She had taken a hair from her head and made the professor tie it to the flea's leg. So And so she kept him tied to the great red coral drop, which she wore in her ear. Okay, so she's got a red earring, and the, the flea is tied to it. What a delightful time the princess had, and the flea too, she thought. But the professor was not very comfortable. He was a traveler. He liked to drive from town to town and read about his perseverance and cleverness in teaching a <laughs> flea to do what men do. But he got out of and into his hammock, lounged about, and had a good feeding. Fresh eggs, roast meats. The professor was getting tired of it all, though, and would rather go away from the wild land. But he must have his flea with him. For that was his prodigy, and his bread and butter. How was he to get a hold of him? That was no easy matter. He strained all his wits, and then he said, Now I have it. Princess's father, grant me a favor. May I summon your subjects to present themselves before your royal highness? That is what is called a ceremony in the high and mighty countries of the world. Can I too learn to do that? Asked the princess's father. That is not quite proper, replied the professor, but I shall teach your wild fathership to fire a cannon off. It goes off with a bang. Once it's high up aloft and then off it goes or down he comes. Let me crack it off, said the princess's father. But in all the land, there was no cannon, except the one the flea had brought. And that was so very small. <laughs> Logan. Beep. I will cast a bigger one, said the professor. Only give me the means. I must have fine silk stuff, needle and thread, rope and cord, together with cordial drops for the balloon. They blow one up so easily and give one the heaves. They are what make the report in the cannons inside. By all means, said the princess's father, and gave him what he called for. 
gave new uh, meaning to the term flea market. So it sounds like he's trying to pull one over on the princess's father here. All, Just like the princess seems to have. <laughs> all the court and the entire population came together to see the great cannon be made. The professor did not summon them before he had the balloon entirely ready to be filled up and go up. The flea sat on the princess's hand and looked on. The balloon was filled. It bulged out and could scarcely, scarcely be held down. Mm. So violent did it become. I must have it up in the air before it can be cooled off, said the professor. And he took his seat in the car, which hung below. Meaning carriage, not, not an actual car. But I cannot manage and steer it alone. I must have a faithful companion along to help me. There is no one here that can do that except the flea. I am not very willing to let him said the princess, but still she reached out and handed the flea to the professor who placed him on his hand. Let go the cords and ropes, he shouted. Now the balloon's going. They thought he said the cannon, and so the balloon went higher and higher, up above the clouds, far away from the wild land. The little princess, all the family, and the people sat and waited, and they are waiting still. If you do not believe it, just take a journey to the wild land. Every child there talks about the professor and the flea and believes that they are coming back when the cannon has cooled off. But they will not come. They are at home with us. They are in their native country. They travel on the railway, first class, not fourth. They have good success and a great balloon. Nobody asks how they got their balloon or where it came from. But they are rich folk now, quite respectable folk indeed. The flea and the professor. Fleedom. <laughs> they obtained their fleetum. Hey, they got it. Did you know that uh, Hans Christian Andersen, who wrote that story, became good friends with Charles Dickens for uh. a while? He was obsessed with Charles Dickens, and then he wrote some letters, and then he went and stayed with Charles Dickens, and he was going to stay for a few days. And five months later, he was still there, and then Charles Dickens' family had to kick him out. And that's the story. He overstayed his welcome. He overstayed his welcome. He got very cozy. So then he... Uh, um, then Dickens made him into the model, the character of Uriah Heep and David Copperfield on Hans Christian Andersen. Oof. So immortalized in print. That's right. I thought that story was hilarious. That is hilarious and weird. And, and yeah, I thought I'd bring a strange one. Especially since that's the last one that we're presenting this, this season. I can't wait to find out what sound effects Logan put in there in that story. <laughs> um, speaking of Logan, he's our guest. So we're going to take a quick break, have some more chips and introduce you to him. It is time to kick it over to our conversation with this week's guest, the one and only Logan Green, our good buddy, and the one who makes this podcast so much fun. Logan adds so much to the show. You're going to hear a, a lot about that and some of the, the things that he even invented and created for the show. But um, he takes the, the nonsense that we uh, deliver here each week, and he turns it into something that is so much fun and so enjoyable and so much more listenable than what it is when we do it. Um, it's a it's a Thanksgiving episode, so why not have on this Thanksgiving week a conversation with someone who we are uh, very very thankful for? So, with that, here's our conversation with uh, with Logan Green. All right, Graham, we are here with our friend, our um, comrade, our mentor, our <laughs> our mentor, Logan Green. Uh, one of those guests that we have been asked, it has been requested of us to have Logan on not a few times, so not three 
but more than three times. Logan, mm-hmm. we are so glad to have you on. Thank you for being here for our Thanksgiving episode. So honored to be here. This is great. Uh, this is uh, a little bit like uh, stepping through the looking glass. <laughs> yeah, it is. I've had trouble getting my mind around what what kind of powers do I have now? <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Well, I, there may be questions related to that, that that might possibly come up. Now, you, you've you listened to literally every episode of this podcast. Yeah. Closer than... I don't want to say anybody because some of these kids have listened to these episodes multiple times. I'm sure. But certainly closer than we have. Um, and so you know that the first question that we ask everybody and that we call the most important question ever, you know what's coming. Except, Logan, it's not coming first. It's coming second. Whoa. First, we have to ask you this question. This is from our, the kids Russell. So I assume that means the uh, some kids from the family Russell. I would like to know what their their family crest is. Um, their question is, Logan, will you edit this episode that you are on, or are David and Graham going to have to do it this time? Please answer that for us before we get going, so we know how long to go and how interesting to make it. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Um, well, you don't have to think about yeah, it. Just, just say you're going to do it. <laughs> I'll do it. You know, I'll do it this time, guys. I've, I've, I've done it uh, 53 million times already. So <laughs> yeah, might that's as well good because I didn't want to have to take like Udemy courses on how to uh, be a sound engineer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Logan, we're not just saying it. It would sound bad if we did it. And yeah, you, there's no argument. I won't disagree. <laughs> All right, let's talk about food. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Logan, Cheetos or Doritos? Doritos. Like, hands mm-hmm. down? Yes. I. If somebody offers me a Cheeto, I will eat it and I will enjoy it. But I don't seek them out. Mm. I don't buy them. Uh, if I was going to buy one from the store, it would be Doritos. And most likely Cool Ranch. So, okay. yeah. I feel like I'm okay. really, uh, in good company there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the correct answer. And this is coming from somebody who ate two fun size Cheeto bags uh, last night um, while I was editing photos. <laughs> so I like Cheetos, but I, I'm happy to hear that you are a Cool Ranch Dorito fan. So and I'm not, if they're if they're if they're going to be stale, too, I'd rather have the stale Dorito than the stale Cheetos. The stale Cheetos. Oh, see, mm, that an original take. That is a good take. Although. I'm in the, uh, my take is that Cheetos don't go stale. <laughs> they were born stale. <laughs> <laughs> right. Every time I open a bag of, of any of this stuff, I go, how many decades has this been in a box? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> in some warehouse. <laughs> we wouldn't even know what, like, what, what new things they've done with Doritos. Like if they change Cool Ranch Doritos, we won't know for four years because they won't, those ones won't get to us. Yeah. <laughs> Logan, okay, so you know we've got a bunch of different snack food questions, and it's Thanksgiving week this week, so we do have some questions about that. But I would love to know. This is one of those questions we sometimes ask the writers who come on and the illustrators. What Graham just mentioned that he ate two bags of fun-sized Cheetos while editing photos last night. When you're editing Withy Wendell or other audio projects that you might have, are you snacking? Yeah, sometimes I am, and they're generally not things that uh, pair well with computer keyboards <laughs> and mice. Uh, you know, and we don't have a lot of snacks in our pantry or just around the house. Uh, we, we have some, but I think my go-to is like peanut butter, peanut butter and banana, actually. Uh, got some protein, yeah. got some potassium. <laughs> some sweet. Yeah. And actually, if I have time, I like to mash up the banana with a fork. 
you know? all right you lost me <laughs> but graham it it does something to, it it almost makes it into a different food it really brings out the sweetness when you mash it up can i interest you in some hot graham crackers <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to try this, actually. <laughs> hey, you guys go live on Weird Food Island. and uh, <laughs> Would you like to talk about... Sometimes I'm going to interview about all your weird food. Dates. I don't have that many. So, um, do you like peanut butter banana milkshake? I'm just curious. Have you ever had that? No. It's delicious. Peanut butter banana milkshake. Yeah, you like you get a peanut butter, peanut butter milkshake at a place that does different kinds of flavors. We have a place called Cookout here. Do you have Cookout in Memphis? Yeah. Uh-huh. So go to Cookout, get the peanut butter banana milkshake. And uh, your mind will be blown, except that it won't because you already like those flavors together. But it's delicious. I'll try it. Sounds wonderful. Um, cake or cookies? I didn't really think about this one. Oh, he's thinking. Oh, man. It really depends. Uh, it de- you know, when people ask me about my favorite desserts, I'll often say German chocolate cake. Okay. Mm. Um, I always go for a macadamia nut cookie. Mm. Ah, we know these. We've heard German chocolate shake. I don't think we've heard macadamia nut cookie on the show. Did you go back and listen to all the episodes and try to figure out what people haven't said so you could say something original? No, (laughs) (laughs) he's got a spreadsheet of all the news. Logan (laughs) is original. That's what's happening here. True, it's true. It's. I don't mean the you know. All right, we are going to move into some themed food questions. Being that it is uh, Thanksgiving week, that's right. Um, what uh, Logan? What is your favorite Thanksgiving dessert? I mean, Logan didn't know this one was coming, so he's you know pondering pecan pie, pumpkin pie, macadamia pie, <laughs> banana squash pie. A, a really well-made pecan pie is very good. It's you can I can only do about a a slim slice per year, but yeah, right. But I do like that. What are the other Thanksgiving desserts? Pumpkin, pumpkin pie. pie. Pumpkin pie. I guess apple people have. Yeah, apple. There's also like <laughs> um like butter tarts and like people make like bars, like pumpkin bars and spoken by the husband of a woman who loves to bake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Cinnamon rolls, that seems fair. Yeah. Like, so okay. You know, one Thanksgiving food that is pretty popular, at least down here in the South, is this sweet potato casserole. You need the sweet potatoes with the brown sugar, and some people put nuts, pecans, or marshmallows. And really it's dessert, but you have it alongside your turkey or whatever. Right. Do you like that? Yes, I love that. That's the one I was trying to think of actually. That's that's what I would rather have. There Do you like is. that? Do I like yeah. it? What am I in the hot seat? I'm not being interviewed here. Okay. You're right. So I was talking with my father in law about this because it's one of those things that you don't feel bad about eating on Thanksgiving, even next to your turkey, because you have it once a year. It's like that slice of Really good yeah. pecan pie. It's not like something you get all the time. So, but if you got it all the time, it wouldn't feel special. It's because it's really a bunch of sweet. I think the philosophy, the correct philosophy for Thanksgiving week is to just not feel bad. <laughs> like just eat whatever you want. And then, you know, it's it's a it's a short period of time where you get to just enjoy everything. And it, and eat it, dessert for, and it for goes dinner. from the weekend before Thanksgiving till New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> and a slice of pecan pie with um Black coffee is really just a match made in heaven. Oh, it sounds oh, so good. I want that right now. Growing up, my mom used to make an extra pumpkin pie, or at least that was the idea, so she could have that with her coffee then morning after Thanksgiving. Mm. Are you a... So, so turkey is the big thing at Thanksgiving. Do you like the white meat or the dark meat? Dark. Okay. All right. And then uh, what? any other sides that you like that, just, that are just like your go-tos? Your favorites? Um, my mother, my mama, makes a wonderful 
turnip dish. And I don't remember what she calls it, but it's got cheese and it's baked and it's mm. got oils and spices. <laughs> and it's wonderful. <laughs> so it's got all the things. It's got love. It's got love. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Gratitude. <laughs> Love me some mashed potatoes. Dressing. I like that. You know, dressings can be, uh, you have to go in with your eyes open. There are some yeah. recipes out there that will let you down. Now, when you talk about dressing, do you mean like the stuffing that's outside the bird or the thing that you pour on the liquid that you make from the drippings that you pour on top of the turkey? You mean the gravy? Like some t- the gravy, right. Yeah. So in different parts of the country, you know, there's people that call things different things. So they'll call it dressing like they call a salad dressing dressing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's not, I, don't know, I don't know that that's common everywhere, but we do, you know, we have, we might have two listeners somewhere in the, in the, the country who call it that. We like y'all Yankees. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, right. All right, that's enough Thanksgiving. Who needs that? All right, we're gonna move into some of the some of the, we're speaking of meat. The heavy hitters, meaty questions here. Okay, all right, all right, ready, Logan. This question, and I'm very curious to the answer to this because I do not remember, is from Finn, and he wants to know where did you meet David and Graham? How sharp is your memory? <laughs> I think I met David in 2017 at a Cersei Institute conference in Austin, Texas. Okay, that checks out. And I, I would, I don't remember meeting you there, Graham, but I probably did. I was there, yeah, but I don't, I don't remember that either. Little did you know that six, seven years later, six years later, very little, here you would be on a podcast that you edit. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. We've got lots of questions about your life as an editor, the work that you do. And this is a natural place to start. This is from Krista. Krista wants to know, how did you learn to edit? Did you take a live class? Were you self-taught? And then there's, you know, lots of kids want to know about like editing software, but we'll come back to that. So how did you learn to do this thing that you do and that you're doing uh, here on this podcast? Went to college. I majored in, in music with a focus in recording technology. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. What's, how, what's that like? I mean, is it, is it a difficult course? It was, it was pretty uh, rigorous. I enjoyed it a lot. And just to add in here, something I thought was interesting, I sort of chose that major through process of elimination after being at the university for a couple of years. But it wasn't until after I graduated that I discovered something that showed me that I had actually been interested in this for a really long time because in some old photographs at my mother's house, there was a, I found a photo of me uh, probably when I was about four years old uh, beneath my grandpa's grand piano, recording my grandpa playing piano, recording him on one of those little shoebox tape recorders and grinning really big. So I suppose I've sort of always been intrigued by sound and, and, and even audio recording. But to get back to the program. There are a lot of um, music recording and recording technology programs in Nashville. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of where most people go. Uh, If they're in this part of the country, they'll go to Nashville to go to school for that. So the program at Memphis, that means that it's not as competitive. There aren't as many students in that program. Yeah, yeah. Which means that you get a lot of studio time. So you get a lot of time at the desk, a lot of time with the microphones in there, recording musicians, learning the equipment. So that's really nice. Um, And it's, it's, um, 
there's there's some great teachers that come through there. Some of the greatest recording engineers in the world come there and give master classes. So it's a good program. Nice. nice. All right. So Krista also has some follow up questions. So digging in a little more detail, um, she wants to know what editing software do you use, and also what are some tips you have for people who are just starting to learn editing. Um, the software I use is called Pro Tools, made by Avid. And it's sort of one of the two industry standard softwares for audio recording, along with Logic, made by Apple. There are some other good ones out there. And actually, there's a free one. If somebody would like to kind of get serious about it, but doesn't want to purchase an expensive program yet, you can look at the program Reaper, R-E-A-P-E-R. And that's a pro-level, very sophisticated, very powerful audio editing program that you can get for free. And a lot of professionals actually use that. Yeah, that's cool. For for editing podcasts specifically, one tip that comes to mind is, you know, a lot of podcasts that you listen to will have most of the silence cut out because you really want to get, you want to just not waste people's time. You want to get the content coming pretty steadily. But a lot of times those edits can sound pretty artificial. And Hmm. so one one of the tips, something I would say is don't take out all of the silence on a podcast. Hmm. Be sensitive to the actual substance of what the people are talking about. And if somebody makes a point or has a thought that kind of needs, needs to be absorbed a little bit, kind of soaked in, you don't want to rush rush on to the next comment or on to the next thing. Like if, if they're recording and they, they make a point or have a thought and then they give a little bit of silence to like let you think about that and let you sit in that thought a little bit and sort of soak it in and, and grasp it, you want to allow that room to breathe. You want to allow that silence to stay there a little bit for the listener. Yeah. Because the listener is yeah. not going to be like, oh, I'm bored, you know. I wish the next thing would come along. Um, (laughs) If it's a rich idea, you want to give them a little time to absorb the richness of that idea. Mm. So if, uh, you know, as, as artificial intelligence is on the rise, I'm not too worried about AI taking over podcast editing because you want a human in there to be able to like be sensitive to the human things that an AI machine is probably not going to recognize. Well, it's, it's, is this where we reveal to Logan that, we are both AIs. Yeah, we're both robots. We are, we are created by Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, Microsoft. That explains so much. <laughs> so what you're saying sounds similar to concepts that I've thought a lot about or, or read about with, with, with interviewers, where if somebody has a great point to make, like the point that you just made, you don't want to move on right away to the next question or rush on to the next thing or feel like you have to just fill that with the next exciting thing. Sometimes... You know, that's where the follow-up question can be helpful or, you know, it, it seems like there's a similar kind of listening that you have to do that's similar to what we have to do when we interview somebody. It's not the same, but there's a similar activity, it seems like. Right. Yeah. I think about interviews, the interview process a lot when I'm doing this as well. And I've actually thought it would be really fun to try. And I'd love to talk to you about that sometime, David. And um, the interview process is just really fascinating because it's really, it's really advanced. Like if you listen to great interviewers like um Terry Gross or somebody or David Kern or somebody like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Graham, Graham Pittman. Graham Pittman. Yeah. Uh, they, it can really get to, to this very sophisticated sort of dance where as a listener, you can tell that each of them are listening to each other. And there's like, there's kind of an infinite 
possibility. There are a lot of directions any conversation could go, and it might it might be a word, it might be the silence that somebody leaves after speaking. It could be anything that could just make the conversation turn in a different direction. And you know, who knows where that could lead. So it's really just yeah. exciting. Yeah, that's why you don't want to get too locked into the questions that you have pre-planned. Although, except this time, we kind of have to because the kids sent in a bunch. <laughs> All right, Logan. Two questions here, very related, from Tiana and Eden. Uh, <laughs> Tiana asks, how many times per episode on average do you bang your head on your desk in frustration while editing? <laughs> and Eden asks, uh, how many times do David and Graham make mistakes? Oh, you know, I actually have a permanent goose egg on my forehead um, from <laughs> banging my head on the uh, yeah. on the old desk there. Yeah, it's just need the desk. I'm just... <laughs> I'll get funny looks uh, walking down the street. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I, the mistakes kind of fall into different categories. I, I'd say there's there's different kinds. There's things that I wouldn't call mistakes, but still need editing out. Like if there's mic noise or mouth noises, or if I have to turn up David when he leans back in his chair, like too far <laughs> away from the mic. Like this? <laughs> yeah. Or like when I go across the room to get a snack. Yeah, I have this mental image in my mind of David, like during snack time, there's like boxes everywhere and David's like getting up and like a bear. He's just like roaming around and <laughs> rummaging. rummaging. Or I, or I, or I roll my, my wheelie chair around. What, right. are, what are the other types of mistakes? Yeah. Well, then there's another category of just gaps of silence. Like if Graham has to find his riddle or his quiz. <laughs> Or he's misplaced his pigeon or something. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That's, honestly. Or his stomach hurts. Yeah. Uh, or, or if Gargolhauser interrupts us, you know. But, right. Yeah. And then yeah. I imagine, I mean, there's sometimes where like we or the guests just say, ah, cut that bit out because it didn't make a lot of sense or right. mispronouncing words like we do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like when we get ourselves all jumbled up. Right. That would fall into the category of mistakes. And that, uh, I don't, I don't know. What do y'all think? That I would say that those sorts of things for y'all probably happen like once every other episode. Maybe. Oh, I really? I feel like we make a lot of mistakes. Well, we do a lot of like you know, we'll have we kind of have some of these bits on the show, whether it's during snack time or or one of Graham's, you know, uh ad reads or something where we'll realize, oh, we need to restate that. And so then we'll take a step back. But I, that's almost like, I don't know that I would say those are mistakes so much as it's just you need another take. I think we're getting, we're making less mistakes at this point. Yes, that's true. And we're also always probably making the same mistakes, which is helpful <laughs> yeah. for Logan. <laughs> oh, here it comes. <laughs> yeah. So you know how to predict these things. Hey, we got a question here from Toby, which I think is a fun one. And Toby wants to know, what's your favorite sound effect? Do you have one? Mm. Oh, and we we should state that these are Logan's sound effects that he's sourced or made, and like, yeah, yeah, like you not like, just so any sound effect in general out in the universe, <laughs> but with the window sound effect. Yeah, his favorite sound effect is wind in the trees. Uh, Wilhelm scream. Yeah, uh, actually, that's made it onto Windy Window before. <laughs> hey, hey, Logan, yeah, can, can we get a sound? Can we get that dropped in here, please? <laughs> I heard it. In my, I heard it clearly. Favorite sound effects, yeah. Uh, I the uh, I like the mailbox question sound effect with the little bell at the end. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. 
think that did you was, make that one or did you, did you get it somewhere? No, most of the, almost all of these I got from somewhere else, you know, uh, the internet. Um, but some of them I kind of cobbled together from some other sound effects. Mm. Like I kind of, you know, uh, spliced a few things together. Like the, uh, the crazy words sound effect is like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, all cool. those different sounds. Um, so the mailbox question, that, that one probably gives me a few endorphins, I think, every time I hear it. <laughs> The, uh, I like I like that one too. Yeah. The quiz question is a satisfying one to hear. I feel like the the one that's uh, like when Graham says, "All right, question three, and then just do it with my mouth." But that one, I like that. <laughs> Here, just do it right now. I like the I like the Garglehauser one. I think that one's my yeah. favorite. So, how annoying? This is kind of related, I guess. How annoying is it? I'll be honest, when we're doing an episode, like during story time, and I randomly go, can we get that? Can we get a sousaphone? A sousaphone dropped in right now. <laughs> and then and then you have to go find this stupid sound effect that we just asked you for. <laughs> it is a little bit annoying, I'll say sometimes. Uh, yeah. You're like, oh, I just added 10 minutes of work. All it's right, like, we'll uh, try if, to if, keep that to less than a dozen times per episode. <laughs> From here on out. If David only knew what it what it takes to find a you know a sleeping lemur sound effect, you know? <laughs> yeah, you really do. Like you tend to compound your asks. It's true. You're like, I want a sousaphone, but make sure it's like in C minor sousaphone, <laughs> <laughs> specifically in a cave in the Netherlands. Yeah, and played by a newt. <laughs> That's what I need. Oh, I got better. <laughs> One of the very few sound effects I actually did make was the snack snatch. Uh, oh, really? Jingle. Yeah. Nice. Uh, that was fun to work on. His harmonies are very happy on my ears. Snack, snatch. And then I think the last one, so this is not answering your question with a single one. I don't think I have a single favorite one, but another one I like is the uh, the ship's bell that was the book segment effect on the first few episodes. Mm. Um, oh, I remember. That, yeah. That prrr-shing or whatever. Yeah. That was actually a ship's bell. Oh, cool. Which was kind of inspired. I don't remember if um, David said something that inspired that or if I just thought there's um, a quote by the poetess, Emily Dickinson. Mm. I think it's, there is no frigate like a book to take us lands away. Oh, yeah. So I thought that'd be a good one for the book segment. That's cool. That's fun to hear your thought process behind some of those things. We have never talked about that before. Mm-mm. Um. You know, we haven't recorded this week's story time yet, and it's Graham's going to have it. So I'll try not to interrupt too much and say, hey, can we get a um, yeah, a, a tornado inside a, a building right now? Although that one probably wouldn't be too hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's lots of those. <laughs> All right. James uh, wants to know, who wrote the Withy Window music? Oh, the theme song. I made that. <laughs> <laughs> How was that? Well, actually... Well, that was another one kind of inspired by you guys, because uh, I think on the first episode, you had your joke segment, and then David said, let's get on with the nonsense. And then Graham did like, or something like that. <laughs> really? <laughs> and then I kind of took like the contour, at least, of, of his little doot-doot-doots and made, the, made that little mandolin opening from that. Yeah. That's, I rem- that's I, awesome. I'm not sure if I ever knew that. I hey, love it. Definitely don't remember doing that, but that sounds right. This is where if I was if I was super mean, I would say, "Hey Logan, go back to the first episode and grab that clip and drop it in here." But I would never do that. <laughs> well, it would be in the raw, unedited. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it'd right. Be hard yeah, yeah. to find. 
So then, so then I kind of threw threw that music together at my um, in laws' house that first year, and used my father in laws' uh, guitars, and my wife Caroline played the flute on it, and then I did the mandolin and all the rest of that stuff. So that was fun. I just kind of slapped it together. Well, it is fabulous, and dare I say, at this point, it's iconic. It, it, yeah. I don't know where we'd be without it. In fact, I think it's possible that the show wouldn't still be going if we didn't have that. Like, no one who would tune in for the rest of it. <laughs> it is awesome. It still makes me smile. I know. I know. It, truly. That's very gratifying. Um, okay. James also wants to know whether there is a specific episode of Withy Windle that you most enjoyed editing. Although, let me rephrase that. He says, is there an episode of Withy Windle that you enjoyed editing? Which, <laughs> which at first I took as that most enjoyed editing. But in retrospect, maybe James just means, is there one that you actually enjoyed editing at all? <laughs> the answer to this question, I know the answer to this question. It's whatever episode we got to him with the most yeah, lead the time. Yeah, the most lead time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Uh, yeah, definitely the ones where I had uh, three days or so to to do it and not uh, you know, one night. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you heard it here first, first kids, uh, Logan Green. Uh, thinks all of our episodes are unmemorable, <laughs> <laughs> or or they're all equally fabulous, or oh, ooh, like or they are all lodged in his memory for the degree of difficulty in the editing process. <laughs> all right, so this question is from Gianna, and she wants to know who your favorite author is that's been on the show. Well, that's an, okay. I'm going to pull a David Kern here and really overanalyze this one. Yeah. Uh, does she mean my favorite author whose books I've read, like my favorite mm. uh, reading experiences oh. by these authors, or my favorite podcast guest author? You like the favorite segment? Let's do answer both. both. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I honestly, have not read not read many of the authors that come on Willie Wendell. The one that far and away I've read the most of is Mr. John R. Erickson. So he'd be. Oh yeah. The answer. Uh, so that first one with the Hank the Cow Dog books. Mm, yeah. Read a lot of those growing up. <laughs> as to the other angle, uh, favorite authors as Wendy Wendy guests. Um, and I might be, you know, my memory is probably biased to some of the more recent guests, but I thought Anna James was a terrific guest. Really enjoyed yeah. that one. Yep. And then Dave Eggers, I thought was especially good. I really enjoyed his. Yeah. And then I guess an honorable mention would be Mac Barnett. Um, mm. I cracked up quite a bit, Mr. Barnett. Yeah. 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 Hey, let me ask you. I want to ask you this. It's kind of related. So, as you know, earlier this season, we did a live recording. What was that like for you after the fact? I bet the kids would love to hear that because, you know, we were interacting with the kids. They were shouting stuff. We were all sitting at a table so that we didn't have like a studio. I mean, our studio is not like a real music studio anyway, but. It's a. It was a little bit of. A, it was more a, control. Uh, our studio is more controlled. Yeah, than a lot than a live environment. So, what was that like for you when we did that episode with Kate Alice? It was definitely more involved. It took more time to uh, get it controlled. You know, you can control recording on the front end by various means, but you can also control stuff on the back end through post production. So, you know, if you're kind of loose or not concerned about control on the front end, you that weight shifts over to the post-production side. So that did take a little longer time. I I loved editing that one because of the live factor and the, the kids. I can hear the kids in there. There's a, there's a neat little trick I'll share with anybody who's interested in podcasting or post-production. There's a thing where when, when one person talks, like when Graham's talking, it automatically turns David's volume down 
by a certain amount. Like, and then when David talks, it will automatically turn Graham's volume down. Hmm. And and the way that's useful is otherwise it can sound kind of roomy. Like you can hear you know, when David talks, you can hear David's voice in Graham's microphone. And so you can kind of hear his voice in the room and it, you can kind of hear the sound of the room coming into Graham's microphone because David's so far away from it. You know, he might be like six feet away. Yeah. So that roominess is typically undesirable. And this process is called uh, side chaining. Side chain. Where okay. when one channel is picking up a signal, like it's picking up Graham's voice, it'll activate a compressor that will compress Graham, uh, compress David's volume and turn his down. So that really can help with that roominess. So I did that a lot on the live episode. Okay. Inside baseball there. That's cool. I bet kids love to hear about that kind of stuff. Uh, all right. Here's a question from Nora. She wants to know, do you ever groan at the jokes? Why would somebody groan at the jokes? I don't know. I just, I'm reading this question. <laughs> oh, you're just reading. Okay. You're just reporting. I do groan at the jokes. And, you know, uh, the tradition of groan-worthy jokes are pretty well embedded in the fabric of my family. Uh, especially... <laughs> We love corny jokes, especially my grandpa. He was he was infamous, straight up infamous for his corny jokes. Nice, but and my dad has inherited that, and I believe I have too. But um, <laughs> so yeah, my groans uh, they make it into the episode, you know, with these trombone noises and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> I'll really and I'll select these with with, with care, you know. If, if there's one that's just extra extra, I'll just put the sauce on it, you know. Make yeah, it yeah, yeah. We we understand your opinion of <laughs> whatever joke it is. Like we that comes through. But there's never two jokes that are there ever two jokes that have the clapping noise? Oh probably not. Have you ever done where both of them get the applause? Or no both applause? of them get I don't think so. I doubt it. Okay. My favorite is when uh, let's say David tells a particularly bad joke or, or it tells his joke and I'm like, oh, that was pretty good, but you used the bad sound effect because <laughs> you're, you're letting us know that no, in fact, that was terrible. Let me, uh, I'll take the opportunity here to, to uh, give you all some unsolicited feedback on the uh, on, on your joke ratings. I think y'all are being too tame. Okay, a lot of your joke ratings lately have been like four and a half, five, five and a half, six. You think Ooh, they should be six. like two? Yeah, go for it. Y'all gotta hit home run. Go 10, 0, 1, 9. Yes. What? We, uh, yeah. Oh, all right. All right. Well, you know, we still are going to record that part of the segment. So we'll see how, 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 it, how the jokes turned out at the beginning of this episode. They're getting calcified. Yeah. yeah. It might be too, true. Yeah. Too nuanced. We were harsher on each other, I think, early on. Yeah. I think that's true. We're just getting old and soft. Yeah. Also, I think we, we got it with some jokes sent into us and then we didn't want to like be as mean to people who No, of course not. Although we could start that. <laughs> like people send us jokes and then we just make fun of them. This one's from James and it was awful. <laughs> Zero. Two. <laughs> On the other hand, if most of them do fall in the middle range, then when one really does break out and get into that upper range or the opposite, then it's really, you know, yeah, you, that's you true. See y'all's judgment about it even clearer. Okay, so we've got um a couple questions here. For- we might have to start going rapid fire. Okay, let's do it. All right. We got too many questions. Okay, let's do a couple here from... This is from Elijah. I'll do two rapid fire, then you do two rapid fire. Okay, okay. So, Logan, just kind of answer this one a little bit, you know, just just quick. Sure. Uh, Elijah wants to know, how long does it usually take for you to prepare an, an episode, to edit an episode? Usually about six hours. Um, man, oh, I man. Have, I, have, <laughs> I, I have done one in four before. That was great. What was uh, the longest? The longest was 10. 
<laughs> okay. I just started coughing when I heard that. But, you know, the thing that often will take a lot of time is finding just the right music for that clip, that story or that riddle mm. uh, that, that needs some good music. And sometimes I'll spend a really long time uh, finding music that just is perfect for it. But Well... We get told all the time that the podcast wouldn't be the same without the sound effects. There's a question here from Riziki. Uh, How long are the unedited episodes usually? How long? An hour and a half. They're about an hour and a half. Yeah, I think they're probably the unedited ones are probably not that much longer than the actual ones. The last two episodes are almost two hours long. So Yeah, they've been getting ridiculous. We apologize. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to ask another question from Riziki. She wants to know, what's the funniest thing you've had to edit out of an episode? Do you have an answer for that? Do you remember? I remember laughing really hard at something I had to take out. And I don't remember what it was. But if I did, I probably couldn't repeat it on the show. I remember having like a burping attack early on and I could not stop burping. I remember you taking that that. out. And then I remember one time David could not even say the name of our podcast. Oh yeah. Like six times. What I was going to say, Withy Windical was the one I was the most (laughs) sorry to have to cut from the show. You should have just kept it and used it for something. That little like segment. Oh, I did David. I did. Welcome back to Withy Windical. (laughs) <laughs> Winnie Windical. Three, two, one. Welcome back to Winnie Windical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what an unprofessional person I am. <laughs> All right. Ari wants to know what is your favorite book? Uh, this would be so lame, I think, but I don't think I have a favorite book. Man, that's so lame. <laughs> <laughs> hey Logan, can you drop in a sound effect for lame? <laughs> <laughs> right now I'm finishing Lord of the Rings uh, for nice. uh the second time. Don't tell anybody I'm only only read it a few times. Saver it. And I'm loving that. So that have to be way up there. Um when I read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis in high school, I made an oath to myself to read everything that C.S. Lewis ever wrote. Uh, Because I loved that book so much. Um, Did you? No. (laughs) You working on it still? Still working on that. Um, Well, there's a lot. I really, when I was a a mere lad, I loved the Redwall series and Mm. read the first book, Redwall, many times. I think Martin the Warrior of that series was my favorite one. I read that a whole lot. Yeah, those are good. And Hank the Cowdog, number 76. (laughs) (laughs) Number 102. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right, love Finn. me some hair. So Finn has a question here. Um, wh- uh, what is your favorite fake sponsor of the show, such as Tom's Off-Brand, Halloween Town, Sour Patch Kids, and etc.? Now, Graham, are you telling me that these are fake sponsors? Uh, well, Finn has interpreted it in oh, a certain okay. way. All right, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, so, which of which of Graham, the, which of the which sponsors of- that Graham went out and got are you are you most fond of, Logan? It's so hard to choose because they all made me. Cracked up so much. They're hilarious. Um, I would have to say Tom's off-brand Halloween Town. I'm in space. <laughs> <laughs> so just today, uh, Graham's son Rowan and I were joking about, uh, he was in the bookstore and his mom was helping him actually decorate for Christmas. And we were joking about um, Wet Jim and how Wet Jim's other job is um, to, to put out fires when the firemen are busy. <laughs> Oh, he's benevolent? No, he's wet. <laughs> he just, he just, oh, they find him and throw him? All he has to do is be present. 
Call him in. Here I am. So he, he was saying maybe we should have a we should have an ad for Red Jim's side hustle. Wet Wet Jim fire repression system. Yeah. All right. Uh, Annie wants to know: Do you like crazy words or lazy words better? I have to say, I think I like crazy words better. Ah, oh. interesting. Uh, Annie also wants to know: Is there a snack time segment from any of the episodes that you particularly liked? I think the one I was into the most was this last one on root beer because I really love root beer. What's your What's your uh, favorite? Well, y'all were really intriguing me with some of these I haven't uh, haven't tasted. I've got to try that. Uh, oh shoot! What's the What was your number one, David? Virgil's? Boylan's. Boylan's. Oh, Boylan's. Boylan's. Yeah, I got to yeah. try this Boylan's here. Um, here, here's the logo. The logo, in case you ever see it, you can probably find it in Memphis somewhere. Oh yeah, maybe I can. Probably just like that. at Sun Studio in the lobby or something. The one y'all were trying to remember with where you could send in your picture and they put it on the bottle was Jones. Yes. Yes. I was thinking, I, I knew it was like a name, but I didn't want to say Tom's or something because <laughs> I knew those were the shoes that oh, people yeah, used yeah. to buy. Jones oh, yeah. Soda. Oh, wow. So my wife was reminding me after that conversation that when we were dating or engaged, she actually... She knew that I liked root beer and she bought me a case of custom Jones sodas that had a picture of the two of us on it. Oh, uh, yeah. Whoa. Actually, I remember that too. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing that threw me for a loop with Jones root beer is if I'm remembering it right, is that it was clear. Am I remembering that wrong or right? Or do you have any memory of that? I don't that? remember that. Maybe it was the cream soda. Stuff like that that was. Yeah, the cream soda. I think. Yeah. When a soda or something's supposed to have a color or traditionally has a color and then they take it away, it's like mint chocolate chip ice cream when it's not green. Yeah. I don't like it as much. That's <laughs> something know. to your brain. Yeah. Of the of the root beers I can get, uh, I do like Virgil's. And uh there's a there's a homemade root beer at this place called Shilo's in San Antonio that I really love. That's made just by them. House made root beer, cold, they oh. serve it in a mug. Oh, nice. Probably one of the best ones. I've had. You want to go to San Antonio? Yeah, that sounds I great. Mean, we can go get some tacos. I mean, it sounds like uh, Logan. You it in? sounds like Logan's been there. I mean, more than once. <laughs> Do you fly there often just for the root beer? Every weekend. <laughs> All right. I didn't know you were a pilot as well. Okay, so Emery wants to know. Um, that's a little bit of a, a little, a little bit different than than the conversation we've been having. Uh, if you could be any animal, which animal would you be, and why? Just so many things to think about. Koala bear. Anglerfish. Is that the one with the... Mustang. Is that the really creepy one with the light bulb that hangs down in front of its face? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's that bird? The the poot, the the potu. The potu. We were a waxwing. <laughs> hey, a waxwing. I think uh, being a, a little bird would be quite lovely. And, and it might be, is prosaic the word? It might be a little prosaic, but I, I, I thought if I had to choose something, I might like being a horse. Mm. Oh, run yeah. free. Yeah. Just a, just a wild, majestic, wild horse on the North Carolina coast. Well, or maybe you're running across the, 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 the panhandle of Texas Ooh. or the desert of the West. They're, you know, horses and dogs and things like that are, they have this self awareness. You know, you can tell like they sort of, yeah, you know. Some horses kind of seem like they know that they're very beautiful and 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 uh, elegant, but how do they know? Do they do that by looking into a mirror or like a pond, or do they just know that because they see other horses and they know mm. what they look like and they know that mm -hmm. they are a horse, so they transfer that knowledge to themselves. 
This feels like one of those moments where the podcast should have a little bit of silence so we can linger in this this big idea that you've been you've introduced to us because I'm now going to be thinking about this. Next question. <laughs> where do Graham and David fall on a scale of kangaroo to asparagus? This is also from Emery. Where do we fall on the ca- the scale of kangaroo to asparagus? That that huh. is an excellent nonsense question. <laughs> I think David falls only a mere one asparagus short of an Austrian kangaroo. <laughs> What's the sound effect for that? <laughs> and Graham is three and five eighths asparagus with one of them roasted in olive oil and lemon. Ooh. Well, you sound more delicious than I do. <laughs> yeah, I want to kind of eat, you it's know, a, take a bite of myself. It's a good answer. It's a good answer. Hey, okay. Colleen has a question here, and we got a couple more, and then we'll let you go, because um, we don't want we don't want to add too much work to the, to you for the episode. Uh, Colleen wants to know what is your opinion of Graham, and I don't know. Maybe Graham is. Oh no, Clara wants to know that. Clara wants to know that. Maybe Graham is actually Clara. Is the thing. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, as like his pseudonym, he like uses his online message board name. I think Graham is a delightful human being. His fake ad reads are are truly brilliant. Um, and I laugh at them every time. I think he's gifted. So do I. I'm also just in awe of his of Graham's uh, artistic ability with his uh, graphic work that he does. Oh, this is this is this is this is good. This is fine. Keep going, keep going. And he's fun he's fun to hang out with until two AM and talk about music. That's true. That that is true. true. Which I have um but I'm a I'm a little um intrigued by the fact that she just asked about me i don't know what that means or uh if what she's expecting out of this but i'm also gonna uh, expand her question and say what what is your opinion on david oh boy (laughs) well he's he's two asparagus is shy of a kangaroo or something (laughs) david's great i love david one thing i i wonder about david is you know he he does writing and poetry and stuff but he also knows how to talk about things and just like say words and make words come out of his head and <laughs> barely but i appreciate it <laughs> which only it, it only when i have a good editor but those seem those things seem to seem to rarely go together yeah well i mean sometimes i'm not sometimes i can't do both in the same day so you know really you know walk and talk at the same time wake up in the morning and choose which david you will be yeah, given given how I've chosen to live my life, it's usually and how many podcasts I do, it's usually involves speaking speaking more than writing. Well, Logan, I think we should probably let you go. We got one more here. You want this one, Graham? This question's from Ransom. It ties into the very first questions that we asked. Uh, but he asked, he says, "My question for Logan is: Do you think it will feel weird editing an episode that you are on as a guest?" I think "weird" is a good word for it. <laughs> I might have an ethical dilemma along the way, you know. <laughs> You'd say more. <laughs> How polished do I make myself sound? As polished as you Pol- want. This is an easy ethical dilemma to you, solve. Just what, do it. This is what you do. You think, okay, Anna James or Andrew Peterson or SD Smith were on the show, and how polished would they want to sound? And then you make yourself as polished as you think they would want to sound. Or filter your own voice into some sort of like Mickey Mouse character. That's the other option. Right. Go straight comedy. Or goofy. Yeah. 
I could be. I could make myself sound like a robot like this. I could make myself sound very deep like this. <laughs> because- I could make myself talk backwards like this. But can you make Graham sound like he's a hungry monkey? That's the real question. No, he can't, and he will not. (laughs) Well, we will find out. Well, Logan, thank you for all the work you do making us sound competent um, and making this an enjoyable experience for uh, for us and for the kids and making making this a real podcast instead of just two dudes sitting in a room talking about chips. Well, you're welcome. I really enjoy it. I love Willie Wendell. I love the jokes and the stories. I really have a, a good time. It is a treat being a part of with you. Oh, and I did want to say one other thing. Thank you all for the happy birthday shout out last week. That was very thoughtful. And I felt very happy birthday. Of course. No, we were really grateful for you and glad to be friends. Yep. And we'll talk to you again in six seasons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, Logan. Happy Thanksgiving. So long, fellas. Well, that was Logan Green. What a guy. What a great conversation and we're so thankful that he was willing to come on and as i said earlier he was just thankful for his efforts here on the podcast uh, y'all don't don't know how much he does and is responsible for this podcast being worth listening to yeah so whether you're listening at home or in the bus or in a car or uh, if you're um, clandestinely listening in your schoolroom, just stand up and start applauding uh for logan yeah yeah you won't appear strange at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, that brings us to riddle time, Graham. It's the final segment of the episode. And then uh, we're going to take our two-week break. So make this riddle good, Graham. Well, I got to give you last week's answer. Oh, right. Answer. Yeah. yeah. So make this riddle good after giving us last week's answer. <laughs> all right. Last week, I presented a riddle with uh, two uh, brothers, Carmichael and Chasmin, um, <laughs> who uh, were sent on a bit of a, uh, a test, a quest, a quest test um, by their father <laughs> to go to um, to go to a stream and pan for gold. Right. Oh, oh, they this, brought a donkey with them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the stream was far away. Yep. And um, they were supposed to find as much gold as possible, and yep. whoever yep. carried it back got to keep the gold and also inherit the land. And so they made a 12 inch by 12 inch, basically gold cube out of all the gold they found and brought it back. And the father knew exactly who should inherit the land. That was the riddle. Who should inherit the land? The answer is neither of the brothers. What? It is the mule. Oh. The donkey. Uh, because the father knew there's no way either of these guys could carry a one foot by one foot gold cube uh, back. Uh, they had to have put it onto that mule. So that is a that is a riddle of a that's pretty good one. That's a very rich a rich mule riddle. <laughs> <laughs> a rich, talk about a that's the, quite the adjective rich mule. Maybe we can get that into the parlance. Just we're gonna be like when when something's uh, I don't know what, what's the exact definition of rich mule. Uh, I think one that uh, has a lot of gold. Oh, okay. All right. So if you're if if you encounter someone who has a lot of gold, you should start referring to them as a rich mule. And uh, if we all do it together, then eventually in a thousand years, people will still be using the word 
Rich Mule, and then some podcast then will be like, what a crazy word. <laughs> Whenever that came from. And then someone will say, well, it first appears on a podcast in 2023. Anyway, what's this week's Redbogram? I like thinking like that. That's great. Um, yeah, well, I'd love to be a footnote. <laughs> <laughs> Will um, first appear on a podcast in 2023, a minor podcast, really, a, really a footnote, really. <laughs> All right. This week, the final riddle of the season. This riddle involves one man. Uh, his name is uh, Salty <laughs> Utz. <laughs> no, Mr. Utz. Okay. Mr. Utz. Yeah, no, this is good because Mr. Okay. the Mr. Utz uh, actually turns out to be a little bit of a klutz. <laughs> Uh, the putts. Okay, so Mr. Utz lives alone in 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 a little uh, house, uh, in a decent little house. You know, it's got upstairs, got a basement, um, and uh, he lives in um, let's say Oklahoma. Okay, okay. Mr. Utz from Oklahoma. All right, so Mr. Utz the Okie. As we know, um, Oklahoma. Decent number of tornadoes that <laughs> okay. happen there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. can't wait to know where this is going. We know this from, uh, well, maybe from Daniel Nairi. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. There and, and experienced this firsthand. Um, so uh, Mr. Utz is sitting there watching some TV, but he knows. He hears the sirens. Tornado. Oh, no. Tornado is coming. Not only does he hear the sirens, but his power goes out. No. So the man decides, I need to get down to the basement. So Mr. Utz grabs some candles and is carrying the candles down the old wooden stairs down to the basement. But Mr. Utz, as we stated earlier, bit of a klutz. Mm. He trips and he drops the candles on these old wooden stairs. But the stairs do not catch fire. This is the riddle. Why did the stairs not catch fire? Huh. Okay. All right. So if the kids think they can get this one right, they should email us at podcast at goldberrybooks.com. Is that right, Graham? That is correct. And if they get it right, they'll be entered into a drawing to win a bundle of books at the end of the season. All correct entries will be entered into this drawing. Um, okay, that, that's interesting, Graham. Is that a tough one? It's it's tricky. On a scale of... Kangaroos, kangaroos to, asparagus. to asparagus. How difficult is it? <laughs> oh, it's like... It, it, I'd say it's a roux. A roux, okay. It's a roux. Okay, all right, all right. Man, that's a good one. All right, well, you know what, Graham? It's a roux. Oh, boy. <laughs> And that right there is why it was only a footnote. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Graham. Well, this has been another fun-filled episode of Withy Windle. Brings us to the end of the eighth episode of the sixth season of Withy Windle. Just one more episode to go here in season six, sadly. We're we're sad to say. But don't worry. We'll be back for season seven later on. But first, Thanksgiving break. Uh, We really hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving. Uh, We hope you have a lot to be thankful for, that you're able to spend some time with friends and family, perhaps uh, with some mellifluous conversation and a little dose of fleetum while you're at it. <laughs> <laughs> but not to eat. But not, not to no, eat. not to eat. No. Um, and we should say that our last episode of every season is the Question Palooza episode. Right. Yep. So that yep. is where you, the listener, send us in questions about anything. They could be about what our favorite color is 
to any sort of nonsense question or any question about the universe that you're just wondering what the answer might be or what you think we might say about it. Um, so by the time you're hearing this, there will be a post up on our Substack, withywindle.substack.com which is also linked in the show notes. So you can click there and ask away. That would be wonderful. And we always love hearing from you. And uh, you guys ask such great questions. So we are thankful for that as well. We'll add that to our list of things to be thankful for this week. And with that, for Grant Pittman, for Logan Green, our illustrious engineer, I'm David Kern. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, happy reading. Goodbye. (laughs) Sleep.